Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood, having trained more than 24,000 vets, helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura, answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Good Saturday morning. It's July 24. Thanks for tuning in and letting us be part of your Saturday morning. I'm your host, Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls in, answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you just fed up? with your pets just not listening. doesn't matter what kind of pet you have. It doesn't matter what kind of problem that you're having with your pet. That's what we do here at Pet Talk today. We answer and help you with your pet training and behavior questions. So give us a call. If you would like to get some help, if you'd like some advice about your pet, give us a call. We'd love to take your calls. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602 602- Two seven seven five three six nine. That's six zero two two seven seven KFNX. If you're outside of Phoenix, you can call us toll free. That number is eight six six five three six eleven hundred. You can also join us on Facebook Live. You can go to Facebook and bring up our Facebook page by doing a search for Pet Talk Today. And if you are on Facebook Live, good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining good us. Good morning. Good morning. Sitting across from me is my co-host, Justin. Yeah. I'm going to do that again, right? Jordan Marsteller. I was telling him that um, I had uh, a guy that worked for me years ago. Yeah. And he was a uh, military working dog handler, canine handler, MP. um, And his name was Justin. And every once in a while, man, I screw that up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was asking Siri, Uh okay, the other day. So I'm like, call Justin Mars Teller. And she's like, you don't have a Justin in your contacts. And I'm like, come on, give me a break. Call Justin Mars Teller. She goes, you don't have a Justin Mars Teller in your contacts. And I'm like, F you, right? Yeah. And she's like, sorry, you don't have an F you in your contacts. So anyway, I figured out what's going on. Absolutely. And also sitting next to me is the lovely, beautiful, Brittany Duchesne, how are you? Good. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How's your week been? It's been good. It's It's been subtle, I would say. Subtle. Calm. 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 Yeah. Well, yes. that's good. Calm is good. Today was a little stressful driving here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh... Hey, folks. Yeah, it's raining. That doesn't mean that we all need to freak out. But please be safe. Absolutely. Okay. There, There's accidents everywhere on the road. I didn't think I was going to be able to make it here. I yeah. didn't know if they were going to clear the highway. See, the thing is, I know that last year it was a non-soon season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes. so like, we we might have forgotten what rain is. Yeah. Um, now, where I come from, there's a lot of rain. And let me tell you, here in Arizona, 
people just don't know how to drive and even just a little drizzle. I mean, typically we're moving at like, you know, 80 to 100 miles per hour on those highways, everybody. But once it starts sprinkling, Mm -hmm. those speeds drop to like 60 miles per hour. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'm passing, 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 (laughs) passing because I know how to drive in the rain. It's not that hard. You I don't get drive. it. I, I don't get it because, you know, my understanding, most of the people that live in Arizona came from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that somewhere else it rains. Absolutely. Because they came from cold country. Absolutely. Okay. It rains and it snows. Now, uh. Now. Yes. We, uh, we do have a question if you think we have a little bit of time. Well, we'll get to the questions All in right, just a absolutely. second. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, um, we're going to talk today if we have time. We're going to take your questions. Don't worry. We want your questions. You want your calls. Please call. Please post your questions. But we also want to talk about <clears throat> today pandemic-induced separation anxiety and, and separation anxiety in general because um, that is the biggest issue that we're dealing with right now um, for the last – well, over a year, more than a year, right. people have been uh, working out of their homes, and lots of people got dogs. Lots of people. Yep. It was the time. There's never been a period of time where there have been more dogs purchased, more dogs adopted and fostered than during the pandemic. Huh. Now, all of those dogs stayed home, were isolated. They didn't get out. They didn't do anything but stay home. And now they're having problems. The biggest problem being separation anxiety. So we're going to talk about how do you treat separation anxiety? What are the essential do's and don'ts behind being able to successfully treat a dog with separation anxiety? And, you know, also how to prevent separation anxiety in the first place. But, yeah. So things are going good with you. Yes. All right. We missed you last week. It was your birthday. It was. I relaxed. It was nice. I watched the show, though. I did see the show. And and you heard us. You heard us break the microphones and say happy birthday to you. Hey, what do you mean break the microphones? (laughs) They broke out of pure enjoyment of our beautiful voices. Well, I was impressed because we did not talk about it no, beforehand. We, we did not say we were going to sing you happy birthday. No. That was not oh. planned. It was, it was completely... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I go, are you ready? And I was like, yep. And I'm like, <laughs> I was surprised that he fell right into it, but yeah, I figured I I'd have that. to start singing first, but no, he, he was yeah, right there. No, I was great. ready. I was we're, ready. We're, we got, we're Thanks, vibing guys. on the same wavelength yeah. here, you know, mini-me over here. Um, <laughs> one day, one day. One day. <laughs> But, um, I mean, well, you are shorter than me, so I'm always going to be mini you. Yeah. (laughs) How are your dogs doing? You know what? It's funny you ask. So I think we had spoken before. I think I talked to both of you guys. Actually, my dog, Kona, who is the sweetest boy ever. Don't we hear that on every (laughs) phone call? Every client that calls. Now, listen, um, my dog is really just the sweetest dog in but, the world. However, it mauled five children. Right, right. But, but it's a sweetheart. It's a sweetheart. It's a sweet dog. Really, really, really. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, but never had experienced any, we'd never had any aggression. And all of a sudden, uh, within the past few months, he was getting super aggressive at mealtime. Yeah. Uh, so I have two dogs, two boy dogs, uh, polar opposites. I call them my yin and yang. And yeah, we were having some serious problems with the food aggression. So we did some counter conditioning and then the supplement, which I feel like the supplement helped more than the counter conditioning because I didn't do a whole lot of it. <laughs> you got to do the work. When did you put the, your dog on the supplement as it relates to this aggression? Um, well, he had semi been on the supplement, but I wasn't being very mm-hmm. consistent but with it. You took him off, right? For I did because other... he had he had surgery. Right. Okay. So when did you put him back on? 
Um, about a month and a half ago. Month okay. and a half ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how much counter conditioning did you do? N- not a whole lot. Not um, a whole lot. What does a, that a good mean? amount. I mean, I would. I was calm with him, and I would keep him out of eyesight to where he wouldn't have a reaction, but mm-hmm. still close enough to where he could see what was triggering right, him. Right, right. So what was it specifically? Paint the picture what you did so the listeners know when you say, hey, my dog had aggression mm-hmm. and I was doing counter conditioning. What did that all involve? Yeah, so it was just aggression in the kennel. He only had food aggression really in the kennel mm-hmm. and when he could see my other dog. Um, he would growl at anyone that walked by. Um, so we started feeding him outside of the kennel for a little while and he was still having that aggression. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of just moved his food bowl. He would still have a reaction. I would pick up the food um, and then that would be done and then put it back down. And just after a few weeks, he – I don't want to say it's cured because I know right. it's not cured. right. But it stopped. No more growling. No more growling. No well, more that's growling. Fantastic. Interesting. So, you know, folks, if you've got a dog that is aggressive, if you've got a dog that has anxiety, you've got to get Calm Dogs, the supplement Calm Dogs. It is just taking over. It's the Calm Dogs revolution, taking over and helping dogs that um, have lots of anxiety, have uh, aggression issues, fears, phobias. Um, there's nothing like Calm Dogs on the market. It is the strongest product that you can possibly get that is an anti-anxiety aid without a prescription. Right. Without a prescription. Um, so you can go to CalmDogs.com, CalmDogs.com, and check that out. Um, do you know anything about pigs? Do I know anything about yeah, pigs? do you know anything about pigs? Um, I know that when uh, you slice the back fat up real thin and then throw it into a frying pan. Mm. Uh, well, it tastes pretty good. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. But when we come back from that break, um, did you know that pigs are the ideal organ donor for humans besides other people? You know, I was I've reading that. about that. I was reading about that. Yeah, in uh, in Israel, um, the scientists have been making some big, big, not pig, big <laughs> progress with pigs and uh, organs and being able to uh, have those available for humans without uh, the typical rejection um, that we have. I'm Will Bangura. You are listening to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We need to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll be taking your calls and answering your questions. You can give us a call at 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. We'd love to hear from you. I like to lick everybody when they come to my door. I'll eat anything if it falls on the floor. Now I've heard the rumors. I think I better ask you. I heard I might be a dog. Won't somebody please tell me it ain't true? Well, there could be worse things than being a dog. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. If you are just joining us, 
I'm your host, Will Bangura. You're listening to Pet Talk Today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls in, answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. If you've got a question about your pet's behavior, maybe you've got a dog or a cat that's out of control, hey, give us a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. Uh, before we went to break, um, we were talking about pigs, actually. Yeah. Um, so anyway, pigs apparently, I didn't know this, but found this out, they're the ideal organ donor for humans besides other people. Right. Besides humans. Um, that's right. Pig organs, they're very similar to human organs, both, I guess, in their size and also how they function. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so currently there's some uh, Israeli researchers and they've developed a way to stabilize the blood supply to transplanted organs. And it has something to do with the lining, the, the initial lining that when now, they're going. Well, what they did is they developed a method of uh-huh. replacing the blood cells of the organs from the pigs with placenta-derived replacement, so other blood cells, which then, when they do that, it removes the greatest cause of uh, organ rejection. They say that, you know, this is going to then pave the way for humans to have access to an inexhaustible supply of organs. Pigs produce a a large number of offspring each year, making them, like I said, an inexhaustible source of organs uh, for us humans to uh, eventually... Become a pig man. <laughs> you know, become a pig man. If you got pigs, if you own pigs, then, you know, what do you think? G- give us give us a call. What are your thoughts on that about people becoming a pig man? It's a pig man! <laughs> a pig man! Hey, I just saw a pig man. A pig man! Talking about a pig man! I walked into the wrong room and there he was! A pig man! A pig man! A pig man! Pig man, baby, pig man. Big man, baby. All right, just pig a little, man, just pig a man. little, just a little humor it. from from an old Seinfeld episode where you know Kramer sees the patient in the hospital, half pig, half man. Um, yeah, but we're gonna go to the phones here in just a second. But before I do that, I want to give a shout out to the medical assistant students at the Allen School of Health Sciences. During their time at the school, each class picks a cause to raise money for, and the class of 2021 chose pediatric osteosarcoma, which is a cancer that affects the bones, uh, the tissues surrounding them, and sometimes even major organs in the body. It's a cancer that spreads quicker, often quicker than it can be detected, resulting in amputations of extremities, and definitely takes a toll on the lives of so many young kids, including those between the ages of zero to five. Um, All their proceeds are going to be going to the Arizona Cancer Foundation for Children, Um, and check this out, the Allen school is going to match dollar for dollar what funds are raised for this great cause for dollar for dollar so if you'd like to give and possibly change the life of a child you can contribute and donate by using cash app the cash app tag for this is dollar sign allen school gives back allen school gives back so check them out and we have two callers on the line, actually. We have Corinne and Kathy, but Corinne called first. She's in Levine. Corinne, Kathy, hold on. Corinne and Levine, how are you? Welcome to Pet Talk today. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? 
We're doing good. good. How good, can we help good. you? Do you have a question for us? Yes, sir. I have two rambunctious um, dogs. I have a one-year-old Chihuahua mix, and I have a seventh-month-old. Um, he looks like a chocolate lab, but he's not. Uh-huh. Uh, my dogs are outside while I'm working most of the day. However, when they come back and, and they sleep in a crate at night, mm-hmm. however, when I bring them in, they still like to pee on my carpet. I don't know why. How much time, percentage-wise, now I'm not talking about when you're sleeping, but during waking hours, what percentage of the time are your dogs outside versus the percentage of time they're inside? They're inside for a good percentage time. Yeah. They're inside 50% of the time and outside 50% of the time. Okay, and, and let me ask you Let me ask you a question, okay? What percentage of the time are they going to the bathroom in the house and what percentage of the time are they going to the bathroom outside? When I catch them, I would say 80% they go outside, but then there's a 20% where they won't tell me. For example, one didn't tell me at like 11 o'clock at night and he just peed all over mm-hmm. the carpet. Mm-hmm. And when they, when they do come inside, they start to play, they get excited and they have accidents on the carpet. Well, there's a couple things that I want to talk about. Number one, I, my rule, and it's just my rule. You don't have to take this rule, but my rule is that dogs inside are calm. They don't get to be rambunctious Absolutely. and run around. And, and here's the thing is that, We've got to say to ourselves, listen, if that's a behavior we don't want, then we need to correct it. And a correction's not an interruption. Telling your dog no might not be enough. You need to look at the dog. You need to say, hey, is the dog a little bit uncomfortable when I'm giving a verbal correction? All right, that verbal correction needs to be harsh enough that the dog looks a little bit uncomfortable. Now, granted, we don't want to scream at the dog and have the dog run under the bed and start trembling for the next four days. Right. That would be ridiculous. But again, so many people are telling their dogs no, and the dog's just sitting there wagging its tail, you know, because, cause, you know, Mary Sue is going, no, 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 don't you do that. And, and that's, that's not a correction. Bad. That's not a correction. No, I don't want you to hit your dog, but you got to be firm with your voice. Now, if your dogs think that that's funny, if they think it's a game, if you're firm with your voice, you're like, no, no. That scared me both times. I know. I just saw my co-host jump. So if if your dog thinks that that's a game, if your dog thinks that's a joke, then we have to look at some other way to to correct them. So that's the one thing about being rambunctious. And you know what? Um if they're really crazy in the house and they don't have good manners, you need to start putting leashes on them in the house. Yes, that's right. Leashes on them in the house because the leashes help you to manage their behavior. They can't be running around, jumping, getting on the furniture and doing all kinds of things that's if you've got the leash in your hand. What's that? They come in our house. They come inside, they run up and down the stairs, and they think it's a playground. Right, and so one of the things that you need to do is put a leash on them and start controlling that behavior and start giving them a verbal correction and, if need be, a leash and collar correction and be consistent with that to stop that crazy, rambunctious behavior. Now, when it comes to potty training or the dogs having an accident in the house, I don't care what your thoughts are on it. Your dogs do not 
understand it's not okay to go in the house. Absolutely. If the dogs understood that it was not okay to go in the house, they wouldn't be going they in the house. They wouldn't be going in the house. So what do we need to do, Jordan? What we need to do is we need to keep these dogs in our eyesight all the time. If you can't be watching them on leash, they have to be in their kennel. Then keep a log of their potty times, feeding times, and water times. Start collecting this data and taking them outside during the times they normally go to the bathroom. And when they go to the bathroom outside, we mark and reward this behavior. And you're going to see that the times that they're going to the bathroom are going to be wider and wider apart. And they're going to learn that we go to the bathroom outside because I get rewarded and we aren't giving them the opportunity to go inside. Does that make sense? It does. My chihuahua uh, mix, he's very consistent with going outside every morning. The brown one, I have a brown one. He's He's very hard to catch using the bathroom. Well, if you have That's the dog have in your eyesight, leash. you have him on leash, you have him in your eyesight, you're going to catch them. And that's why we tell you to do that, because we need to catch the mistakes. We need to catch the dogs in the act when they're doing something wrong, and we need to give them a firm correction. Firm but fair. Not interrupting them, because we could say, no, 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 and they may interrupt. We might interrupt them. They may stop. But if there's nothing unpleasant, then there's nothing motivating them not to engage in that unwanted behavior exactly. again. Okay, so give that a shot. Give that a shot. Thank you. Thank you. I so never much. thought about leashing them inside the house. Yeah, give them a shot. And then also, you can go to any podcast platform like Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Look for the Pet Talk Today podcast. And if you look at Season 1, Episode 16 We've got a 45-minute podcast that's devoted entirely to potty training. Okay, so again, Pet Talk Today podcast. You can do a Google search for that. Then go to episode one, or excuse me, season one, episode 16, all about potty training. I'm your host, Will Bangura. You're listening to Pet Talk Today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We need to take a quick break to go to news, but when we come back, we'll be taking more of your calls. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood, having trained more than 24,000 vets, helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura, answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura.
Well, whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, or whether you've got an independent dog that just doesn't want to listen, that's what we do here. We talk about those dogs that don't listen. Welcome back. I'm Will Bangura. Thanks for staying with us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX, where we talk about your pet's behavior issues training issues. We'd love to hear from you. Join us on Facebook. We're right now streaming on Facebook Live. Go to the Pet Talk Today page on Facebook and give us a like too and uh, give us a review if you like what we do. We'd love your five-star review. Um, so we are going to be taking more of your calls. I know we've got a caller online, but uh, before we do that, first, it's time for Pet Talk News. Good morning, good morning. So in Porthcall, Wales, on July 17th, rescuers at the Porthcall Royal National Lifeboat Institution saved a small dog that had been lost at sea for three hours. Ollie the Springer Spaniel was reported missing by his owner after he disappeared while going for a swim. After returning to shore once in hopes that the Spaniel swim, swam to safety, they set off a second time, eventually finding the dog at the base of a cliff nearby. You know, I used to swim with my ex-wife, who was a swim instructor and an avid swimmer in high school. I couldn't even last five minutes. I can't even imagine trying to swim in open water for three hours. Next... A goose who underwent surgery in Massachusetts last week was joined during his medical procedure by his mate, who tried to break into the clinic to comfort her beloved. When the veterinary specialist at the Wildlife Center noticed the goose, who lived in a nearby pond limping, they discovered multiple open fractures on his leg. After capturing the injured waterfowl, later named Arnold, they began to prepare for surgery. Before the procedure, tapping was heard on the door to the surgical suite. To their surprise, it was none other than the injured goose's lifelong female mate, whom they decided to call Amelia. Amelia was very, very obviously agitated at the perceived threatening situation Arnold was in. The surgery was successful and a full recovery is expected for Arnold. The Wildlife Center doesn't typically allow visitors for animals, but this was a special circumstance. The Wildlife Center posted photos of the birds together, with Amelia appearing to watch Arnold closely. The center also shared a video of the pair on Tuesday eating a meal together. You know, love is powerful, but you know what's even more powerful? A ticked-off woman. Those wildlife <laughs> conservationists knew they had two options. Let Amelia stay or face her wrath, right? Oh, well, man. Keep wagging those tails and licking your chops for your weekly update. I'm Jordan Marsteller, and that is all for Pet Talk News. Stay frosty, folks, and that's back to you, Will. Well, did you get that right or what? <laughs> you know, what is that? The most powerful thing in the world is a, a ticked off woman. Absolutely. Huh? Love it. It's a good thing that I am such an angel because... Um, <laughs> My wife, Hannah. No. Okay, well, I we don't have to lie to our viewers. An angel. I have. Well, actually, that would be my wife. Right, right, yeah, my right. Wife, I, tell right. Her, I tell her every day, I said, you're my angel. You're my beautiful queen. And she is. She is the love of my life. And the best decision I ever made was to marry her. I agree with that. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know my wife. 
So we also, we have Kathy and Surprise on the line. Kathy and Surprise. Hey, Kathy, thanks for Hello. calling in. How can we help you? Good morning. Good morning. I have a four, I have a four month old Shih Tzu and I'm trying to train him to go in and out the doggy door. He comes in without a problem, mm-hmm. but he, re- um, no, yeah, he comes in without a problem, but he refuses to go out. Okay. So I started to give him like a little treat. Like I go out, close the door, and I put the treat on the patio, and he sees it, and he comes out the doggy door, and he goes potty. Mm-hmm. But other times, and like I try to keep track of him because like every half hour or so, I'll take him, I make him go out to go to the bathroom. But if I don't, like, he will literally poop right in front of the doggy door. Sure. Or sometimes he'll come and he'll sit and he'll look at me and I'll mm-hmm. say, do you have to go potty? Yeah. And he, he gets, like, excited. So I will take him, but he refuses to go out the doggy door unless I go out and I put the treat on the patio. Then he goes out. Sure. Let me ask you this. How old is the dog? He's four months old. Four months old. Okay. So... What is this? This is uh, July. He was born in March. March, okay, yeah. And when did you start um, teaching him to use the doggy door? Probably about a month ago, three weeks ago. About three because weeks I'm going to go back. To, yeah, I'm going to go back to work on Monday. Yeah. Okay. And my goal was to get him so he could go in and out the doggy door, so I didn't have to like fence them in an area with puppy pads. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, Kathy. Um, On the other side of the doggy door. I lost you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. So on the other side of that doggy door, there's a, like, is there cement when the dog walks out of there? Is he on, like, a patio? Yes. I, it's, the patio is cement, then Mm -hmm. I have pavers. And then it's rock. Okay. Let me so ask you this. Does let me ask you this, Kathy. When the dog comes out of the dog door and steps onto that cement, how much during the day is there sun shining oh, on that no, cement? No sun. Not I at all? Okay, good. Have, good. Yeah, because I actually have an area of um fenced off on the patio. Mm-hmm. So I so like during the day when the sun's out there, I don't let him Go out of the fence area, okay. and I have pup, I have puppy pads, uh-huh. so he can go potty on the puppy pads. And the only time I let him go out in the yard is like early morning yeah. or the evening where there, there's no sun, and he does go potty out there. So, you know, like when he's out there, if he has to go, he'll go. Yeah. But yeah, I keep him fenced in on the patio so he doesn't burn his paws. Okay. So. But yeah, there's no sun at all. Yeah, all right. Is your dog crate trained? He, he sleeps in his crate. Perfect. And Perfect. what I do is, like, if he goes potty on the floor, I tell him, no, you have to go outside, and I show him the doggy door, and sometimes then I put him in his crate for, like, five or ten minutes. Okay. Here's what... if I take him, if I take him outside and he doesn't go potty at all, because sometimes I'll take him out there and he just lays down and I'll sit out there like 20 minutes. Yeah. And if he doesn't go potty at all, I bring him in and I put him in the crate mm-hmm. for like five minutes mm-hmm. or ten minutes. Good. 
and then I take them out of the crate and I take them back perfect, outside. Perfect. And he usually goes potty. Yeah, that's exactly what you want to do. But let me tell you what else you can do to really help this problem, okay? Um, I okay. encourage everybody that has a doggy door to crate train their dogs. And I encourage everybody that has a doggy door that crate trains their dogs to get a two-door crate. Crates are typically rectangular in shape. And you can remove one of those doors completely off of that crate and push that opening up against the doggy door. Now, oh, okay. Now, when you cannot watch your dog, I don't care if it's for a split second, you put the dog in the crate. Most okay. dogs are not going to soil the crate. Unless you've got a big crate, then they'll go in the corner and soil it. Unless you've got like a cushion or a towel or padding. Because if you do that, a lot of them will go in the corner and pee because uh, it will absorb it and they don't have to lay in it. The whole idea of a crate, get a crate that's no larger than the dog's length in lying down. And that way if they go in there, they've got to lay in it and that's uncomfortable. And they don't typically okay. want to do that. Now. The thing yeah. that you always got to do before you put the dog in the crate, take the dog out for five minutes. First, give the dog an opportunity to go to the bathroom. And Kathy, um, you've got to re-potty train too. Your potty training's not done. Granted, you know, uh, the dog will use the doggy door sometime, but you got to go back to potty training 101. And, and I had mentioned just a little while ago that if you go to the Pet Talk Today podcast and you go to season one, episode 16 is our entire podcast on potty training. And that's going to help a great deal. One of the things you're also going to have to do is you're going to have to have much higher food rewards, much higher value food rewards and do a lot of work rewarding the dog for going out the dog door. Don't reward the dog for going in. Make going out more valuable because that's where you're having okay. an issue. One of the other issues that is probably a contributing factor, it's nasty hot outside. And your house is probably nice and 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 air conditioned and we got this little tiny shih tzu, you know, that now has to go through the doggy door and go outside into an oven, basically. Okay. And that's an aversive. You know, yeah. and it's punishment in a way. So, you know, the puppy's like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, and that's the truth because, like, one day, because it was, like, when it was really hot, and he went out, I made, we went out there, and he just looked at me, and he just laid flat on the patio. And yeah. I told him, I said, the sooner you go, the sooner we can both go back in. Sure. And he just turned, he looked at me and laid on his back. Yeah. And it's like, missing. really, the hog. So, so um, you got you to get them out there more often. You got to get them desensitized to the heat, which means that you got to sweat some too, Kathy. You got to get out there. Oh, yeah, I sit out there. But, I, I literally have sat out there like, I'll sit out there for like 45 minutes. But here's the thing I want time. you to do. All fun things happen outside. Treats get given outside, play, love, attention outside. When you're inside, be the most boring human being possible. Okay. Don't give the dog attention. Get the dog out through that dog door. All fun things happen out there. You start doing that for 30 days. You start going through and re-potty training your dog, and you're not going to have an issue, especially if you get that dog crate that has two doors. Remove one of those doors. Push that up against the dog door. Okay? Okay. And that way, your dog's got two choices. It can go outside to use the restroom, 
and it can come back in the house where it's nice and cool. But when it comes back in, it's in the crate. It's not going to make a mess. So whenever you cannot supervise, have your dog in your eyesight on the leash so that you're there to correct when the mistakes happen. You need to crate your dog, and the best thing you can do is have a two-door dog crate and push one up. Okay. Yeah, when I go to get dressed or if I'm busy and I I can't watch him, I do put him in his crate. And so I am doing that already, but I'll I'll have to get the two-door crate. Yeah, do that. And, and Kathy, um, give that a shot for the next 30 days. And would you do us a favor? Okay. Call us back in 30 days. Let Give us a progress report. Let us know how things are going. Okay. We love to hear. Right, thank you. Okay, Kathy. Thank you so much for your help. You bet. Have a wonderful day. Appreciate the call. We got uh, anybody on Facebook that um, needs some Absolutely. Help? We do have a couple of questions. Let's see. So we have a dog uh, from Nana Linda Hartley has an eating disorder. He was rescued two years ago from being left in a house for five weeks. People moved and left him. He was eating plaster on the wall, and you have tried everything. Well, let's tell you what. We're going to answer that question in just a second. But first, we're going to go to break. Don't go anywhere because we're going to answer your question. So hang out there. Um, when we get back... We're going to answer that question. We'll take more of your calls. And also, if we've got time, we're going to talk about pandemic-induced separation anxiety. Don't go anywhere. Um, we'll be back right after these messages. Do you have a dog that's stressed out and anxious? I want to take a minute to talk about Calm Dogs Veterinary Formula Maximum Strength Calming Aid for Dogs. Calm Dogs, made with natural ingredients, has 90% more clinically proven active ingredients than other products on the market, making Calm Dogs the strongest and most effective calming aid available anywhere. Whether your dog suffers from separation anxiety, fears, phobias, fear of grooming, fear of vet visits, or is sensitive to thunderstorms, fireworks, anxiety with car rides and travel, or is prone to hyperactivity, excessive barking, or even aggression. Calm Dogs will help relax even the most stressed out dogs quickly. Calm Dogs is recommended by leading veterinarians and comes with a 100% money back guarantee. Calm Dogs by Pet Scientifics, science you can trust for your dog's health and well-being. Order Calm Dogs today. Call them toll free at 800-CALM-114. That's 800-225-6114. Once again, the number to call is 800-225-6114. Tells me that he's sick of this house. He never says, Why don't you get off that couch? He don't cost me nothing when he wants to go out. I want you to love me like my dog. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Will Bangura, and you're listening to Pet Talk today here on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls in. Answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. If you've got a question about your pet's behavior, maybe you've got a dog or a cat that's out of control, give us a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. 
So they were telling me as we came back that uh, there's a problem with my microphone. So I'm sitting here talking on Brittany's microphone. Yeah, folks. So uh, those on Facebook Live, if you saw if you saw our host over here waving his arms like a crazy person, uh, it, <laughs> that that normally person. happens. It is a normal occurrence, but this time he has an excuse. He he was trying to get. I just went our, back. I went back to the days when yeah. I was you know nine months old and just you know, yeah kind of, exactly kind of doing that with my with my hands. Um, I mentioned that I wanted to talk a little bit about separation anxiety. Um, I picked up a new book. Yes, that's right. I continue to learn. I continue to uh, educate myself. Um, Milena DiMartini Price. She's got, uh, I'll show this to the folks on uh, Facebook Live. Separation Anxiety in Dogs, Next Generation Next Generation Treatment Protocols and Practices. Now, the interesting thing about this, um, well, first thing, a lot of people don't realize this. Um, if you got a dog that has severe separation anxiety, the first thing you have to do is make sure that they, that you're not absent. Now, I know that's freaking you out because you're like, well, heck, i got to go to work. I get that. But you're really going to have a difficult time if you keep leaving that dog and they keep freaking out and having a meltdown. Um, that will continue to get conditioned. It will continue uh, to be rehearsed, that behavior by the dog, and it just gets more and more habituated. So you got to figure out something. You either got to work from home, um, get a pet sitter, uh, find family or friends that can get there until you can do the work, the desensitization That's work right. of separation anxiety. Now, Jordan, yes. she says don't do counter conditioning. Really? Counter conditioning would mean, hey, we would go out the door for a second, we come back in, we'd reward the dog with the food. Reward. Then maybe we'd go out the door for two seconds, come back in, give a food reward. And then maybe three seconds and do that. Okay, do that gradually. So Now, let me tell you why she says not yeah, to treat that. Yeah. Because it brings up excitement. And we need to be the most boring thing in the world. Because if we're boring and if our leaving the house each and every time is incredibly boring, and when we come home it's incredibly boring, that is going to help a lot for the dog separation anxiety, and it right. makes sense. Right, that does make sense, and and I, I I agree with that. I agree that we shouldn't have excited departures mm-hmm. or returns yep. to the home to keep that energy level down. But there's a very large difference between me leaving the home and actually coming home versus specifically setting up a training session to do counter condition counter conditioning and desensitization i i'm on her side i'm gonna try it yeah i'm gonna try it without without reward yeah absolutely because again i think that um if something's boring you don't care right right and if i'm getting food rewards i care and I don't want the dog to care. I want the dog to not care at all about me, and then I'm going to be able to get out that door. It makes sense to me, but it's new. It's something new. Um, I'm going to try it out. I'm going to test it out, and uh, then we'll we'll come back to the show and and uh, we'll report back and and let everybody know uh, you know how that works. But the other thing that was interesting that she talked about, you know, dogs are great at picking up patterns. And if the pattern becomes, okay, walk out that door for a second, come back in, walk out for two, come back in, walk out for three, and so on and so forth, and it's linear in terms of adding more time, the dog predicts that 
okay, and starts realizing, oh, it's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and longer and longer and longer, and that can also be detrimental. So one of the things that she talks about is that you need to vary the amount of time. So let's say you, you, you've built up to like maybe 30 seconds. Right. Then what you need to do is you need to go outside for like a second, come back in, no reward. Go back out for maybe five seconds, come back in, go out for 30, come back in, go out for two. Mix it up so that the yeah. dog cannot figure out the pattern. Now, that I can absolutely understand. And then there's another thing that she talks about, and okay. that is pre-departure cues, okay? We used to always think that we needed to uncouple those pre-departure cues. For example, picking up your keys before you walk right, out, right? right? And so what basically we would do is we would take out those keys... And we wouldn't leave. Then we put the keys back. We take out the keys and we wouldn't leave and we put them back. And, and so the idea was, okay, we're going to change what those keys mean that it doesn't mean leaving. The problem right. is, and I get this, um, at some point those pre-departure cues are coming back and they're going to be there. And so one of the things she talks about is once you have a little bit of time developed, say 30 seconds and, and right. the dog can handle that. Now start doing it with your pre-departure cues one at a time, but go back to shorten the criteria. So right. you walk out there with the keys and you're there for a second, come back in. Walk out there with the keys for two seconds, come back in. Walk out for three seconds, come back in. Then start varying the time again with that pre-departure cue. Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. She says you need to be doing this 20 to 30 minutes a day. And you need to go extremely slow, which we know that's important, okay? The slower you go, the better. you got to keep the dog under threshold. If your dog is crying, whining, showing stress, you have left too long, too soon. Um, and you need to do a lot of repetition. So a lot of repetition of all these, you know, slow or these short comings and goings. But vary that. Um, I'm hoping to get her on the show. I'm going to try to reach her. I would love to get her on and interview her um, about uh, her protocol for separation anxiety. She actually trains trainers and certifies them if you want to spend $3,500. However, everything I think that she teaches there um, is also in this book. And this is 1995. So that sounds that. like a, 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 a deal right there. Yeah, it's it's a good deal, you know. Um, I'm not paying thirty nine hundred dollars to be certified in separation anxiety. Okay, it just isn't going to happen. And my current way works, but if I can do something and get results quicker, more efficiently with less stress for the dogs, then that is definitely you know something that uh, that we want to be able to do. Um, we are just about out of time. I want to thank um, Jordan. Want to thank Brittany. Of course, Appreciate of course. It. Thank all of our Facebook followers. Thank yes, you for thank you following us today and uh, asking your questions. And I want to thank all the callers that called in today. We really appreciate that. Um, we're going to be here next Saturday, so join us next Saturday here on the Pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX, where we will be taking more of your calls and answering more of your questions about your pet's training and behavior. Have a great weekend. Stay dry. News. Talk. Sports, the pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX, Phoenix.